He's got the interviews, let's get to know the best you like. It's David Stevens and Jacobites. Hello and welcome to Jacobites, the official podcast for Jacobite Productions. I'm David Stevens and each episode I'll be talking to different members of the society about their role and a little bit about them in general. So for our second episode, I have with me two very different guests, both presently appearing in the upcoming thriller, The 13th Day of Christmas. I'm very pleased to welcome the inexplicably youthful Mr. Lyndon Bird. Say hello, Lyndon. Hello, everyone. And the immeasurably suave Mr. Dan Brothers. <laughs> very nice. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> okay, guys. So it's... Uh, so very good to have you on the show today. I've got just a couple of basic questions. Uh, so first of all, so Lyndon, we'll start with you. How did you get involved with the society? Well, I started doing a bit of amateur acting about five years ago when I first moved to Northampton. And then I had to stop because I was doing a college course for two years. And... Once I finished my college course, I had a lot of free time on my hands and I just had a yearning to start doing some amateur acting again. So I did a bit of a web search, you know, Jacobite Productions popped up and the rest is all history. Excellent. OK, Dan, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, strangely probably a similar time frame, uh, did a, a stage show uh, at a small theatre really enjoyed it had a couple of years off because we had a, a third child um so that required more of my attention um and then i sort of got back into it with another stage show and then uh, i got involved with jacobite when they needed somebody who could do a, a semi-decent american accent and i got involved with uh with, with the last project captive resistance and yes yeah, gone from strength to strength really excellent so now um what have your favourite production to work on been? For myself, it would have to be Henry V with Mask Theatre. Mm -hmm. uh, we performed this in the Abington Park Museum in Northampton. Okay. And it was just a perfect setting because it's a sort of medieval building with a courtyard in the centre. So we didn't really have to put up many props to make a good stage set. And it was highly enjoyable um you know i really enjoy especially the costume dramas where we get to uh, reenact uh, historical environments and uh, i also love studying shakespeare and really um getting my teeth into interpreting the depth of of his works so, so you're a classics man then linda yes i would say so but i'm really enjoying um doing some contemporary stuff now because it's stretching my uh, comfort zone and I always like to step out of my comfort zone as much as I can in my life cool. uh, Dan what's been your favourite acting uh, production my favourite is probably the first one um, I think it was it was with a group of friends who I knew um, it was a really fun play to do called Lady Killers which was a film uh, 1960s I think feeling comedy is it uh, yes yeah ah, great. Um, yeah so I got to play a Cockney thief uh, and that was quite good fun, but it was just with a group of friends. We had a great laugh with it and it was the first time Ned worked with a movie. Um, so, uh, and it was, uh, it was just a really fun experience. Uh, and I think the theatre gives you such a, um, 
having to be line perfect every night is, is a very different discipline to being able to do it on camera. And I think I quite enjoyed that discipline of, of being able to, to do that. Great. So with our society then, what has been your biggest challenge so far? I think my biggest challenge would be uh, something Dan just touched upon, which is um, transferring from being on a stage production to being in front of a camera. And I must say, the first time I did that, I definitely did experience some uh, camera frights, uh, being in front of the big bright lights, having a film crew in front of you. You know, it can it really does make you feel a little bit daunted. But um, I, I'm happy to say that I'm starting to get into the groove now and uh, feel more comfortable in front of a, a camera. Um, I would probably say this one, and not not so much because of the character or anything else. I think having taken a step back because I'm writing it, I've got a very clear view of what I think it should look like. But I'm having to take a real back step and that side of the things because it's it's up to the director to make it look how he thinks it should look. And I think that's the, the challenge is probably trying to be really objective about people's performances or the direction because actually that's not my job mm. um, in this particular one. So I think that's the hardest, the, the most challenging part at the moment for me. So just a little sub question there. Uh, how do you feel about being directed when it's something that you don't think is right? Do you do you ever feel like you could sort of say, actually, I don't think that's right? Or do you just tend to go with it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, me and Matthew uh, think quite similarly, which is really worrying. Um, <laughs> but we can, um, if, if I, I mean, absolutely, Matthew will listen to, 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 changes and if you sort of say well actually i think can we try this we'll always try it and actually we get to the point where we're all happy with it um but i guess it's it's uh, just a bit it's a bit scary i think it's my baby letting go of it is uh, is a bit tough but we, we normally get to a place where we're both really happy and i think having that challenge between us does does work better for the film overall right okay uh what's been your most embarrassing or funny on stage or on camera anecdote doesn't have to be with our society can be well while performing in the play henry v i had to do a quick change um and as i was uh, getting into my uh from my look into my lord gray costume which was a sort of medieval gown with uh, lace sleeving i was trying to put my hand through the sleeve and i was on stage in about two minutes time, but I couldn't get my hand through. So I was panicking like mad that I wouldn't be able to get on stage and render my lines. But luckily I was uh, saved by some of the stage crew and they just came around, ripped it open, got my hand through, put some safety pins on. And I sort of just <laughs> tried to hide my, uh, my uh, disorder and just walk strut onto stage with all the confidence. And uh, I think it went smoothly. I don't think anyone noticed, hopefully. That's the big thing, isn't it? You just try and pretend like nothing has happened. Okay. Um, mine was probably when we did have Mice and Men. And um, we're all doing American accents. So it's very difficult to sort of take anyone seriously. Um, and I, I had a feeding line. And, and I'm, my lines aren't always perfect, but, but I think about my feeding line that's coming, that's coming up and I was waiting for it. And the guy who was giving me the feed line just 
totally forgot his line. He was sitting there with a hat down over his eyes, leaning against the side of the stage. And he looked asleep. He wasn't asleep, but he just wouldn't say his line. And I couldn't remember my line until he said his line. And the prompt to the side of the stage, which you have in every production, was saying the lines quite loudly. And he just wouldn't say it. In the end, I muddled through and it felt like I was there for about a week standing on stage in front of an audience silently. Um, but we muddled through and afterwards I said to him, I said, Rich, why didn't you say it? He goes, I've no idea. And even when I heard the prompt saying the lines, I said to, I thought to myself, she's bonkers because that's not even his line. And he just didn't cotton on to the fact that he totally missed his line till afterwards. And uh, luckily, I don't think the audience noticed massively, but it, it felt like a lifetime standing there in silence in the stage. That, that's one of the worst experiences, isn't it? When you're acting and it's like dead air, I think. Dead air. <laughs> oh, I can yes. relate. It does stick in your skin, though. Yeah, it's, it's a good experience to have had almost in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, then you two have been quite interesting because you've talked about a wide variety of different things. So if you could pick anything that you were going to do next, what sort of play or what particular play or film would you like to do and what would you like to play in it? Well, I think that since this current character, Johnny, is um, he's not really a very smooth operator when it comes to women and um, <laughs> you know, he's... <laughs> completely uh, anxious and uh, has lacked self-esteem completely. I think the next production I do, I want to do the polar opposites of that and be, I don't know, some kind of action hero or, you know, it's someone out there ready to save the day and rescue the damsel in distress, perhaps. You know, I want to see if that could uh, work for him. More akin to yourself then. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think I would like, uh, I'm in the middle of writing, writing another script, which I think I would like to have a, a bigger hand in directing and actually probably act as a smaller role. Um, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I love being in front of a camera. I love being the center of attention, as you all know, but I, I'm at the moment, I, I am really enjoying that, the sort of creating side rather than doing side. And I think, um, I think my next the next big production that I do will probably be a bit more of a back step, but um, in terms of being on screen, but a bit more creative behind it, probably. But uh, obviously it depends on, on the project and, uh, and who takes it up. So but that would probably be my ideal. Great stuff. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the, the big one of the moment. So 13 days, I always get told off for this. It's the 13th, the day of Christmas, isn't it? It Not, is the yeah. 13th. Okay, so Dan, where did the idea for the for the film come from? Um, I don't think I have a real answer. I I, I take a lot of inspiration from. I mean, I, I watch a lot of TV and films, and I think um, I originally had an idea of twins. Uh, one was a cop, one was a uh, a criminal, and and they sort of went went loggerheads, and and that was originally the idea. And I had all my style of writing is to have the scenes I really want laid out and then I, I, I fill in and do all the back characters from there. So it's a bit backwards, but, um, but I think it was, it was, it was a concept that I had um, in my brains wanting to do for quite a while, but I didn't really know how to put it together uh, and lockdown, I think gave me the, 
uh, lockdown in May last year gave me the sort of impetus and the uh, the, the purpose to go ahead and do it because I, I don't think I probably would have done it if I didn't have time to sit in front of a computer and just uh, go at it. So I think whilst it was a really tough time for everyone over the last 18 months, it, for me, it kind of really did serve a, a good purpose. I was going to say, because pre-lockdown, it was going to be a play, wasn't it? And it's become about 40% longer, I think, now that it's a film. Well, originally, it was a film, um, which I sent to, to Jacobite Matthew, and he said, would you consider turning it into a play? So we spent ages turning it into a play and figuring out which scenes we could use, because uh, you know, 30-odd scene changes on a stage isn't going to happen. Um and then when lockdown happened, Matthew said, oh, why don't we turn it back to a film? Uh, so we spent a long time turning it back to a film, but it wasn't long enough to be a film originally. It probably, original script was only about 24 scenes and now it's 46. So we have significantly increased uh, screen time, character depth, uh, new characters, uh, and uh, the, the backstories, which, which hopefully helps you connect with, with the characters and, and make you understand what they're going through which i think I, I think i underestimated when i wrote it originally i think i was trying to get it finished and i didn't really I, I guess i didn't really care if the audience connected with it as long as the film was done um and since we've had lots of conversations about it and developed it i think i've realized how important it is that people can connect those characters and how we um how we portray them in, in that way and we're so lucky to have such a great cast because they're, they're doing an amazing job so, Lyndon, for you, what appeals to you about the film? I mean, when you saw the advert or the audition notice, what made you think, oh, I'd like to be in that? Well, I, I like the, the, the fact that in a film studio, you have all of these different roles and it never feels like you're being judged or you're having to compete. It's, it's always a collaboration of uh, different skill sets and just being able to be part of that was, was one of the major appeals for me. And um, just being in this yeah, new environment, like a, a film studio, I mean, it's, it's, it's an exciting place to be. I'm learning stuff all the time and it's, you know, very happy. Great. So I think, well, you've told us a little bit, but tell us about Johnny then as a character. I mean, I remember back when it was a play, I played him and he only had, 10 lines and then I, yeah. I left for a bit but so he's become this much bigger character now uh, yes yes okay so Johnny works in the police station behind the scenes mostly in the forensic lab so he's not going out on the front line as a brash detective being able to chase the bad guys and get all the glory uh, but I think deep down in, in he really wants to be that kind of guy but he just can't achieve it he's a bit of a try hard so he's, he's in love with one of these glamorous uh, female police detectives called June, but he just can't seem to win her affection. He, he's a bit of a, well, every time he tries to ask her out, he just, he, he doesn't quite fit the mark, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so he, he's got a lot of a sense of frustration, inadequacy, self-esteem issues. Um, he tries, but he just he, he never quite gets there. Well, Dan, then your character, James, he's quite complicated. And I know that you can't necessarily tell as much without revealing 
too much about the film. Can you tell us? Um, he is a nightclub owner. Um, he is the brother of a uh, high-ranking police officer, uh, David, um, and very much a family man, very much wants his family to be safe and looked after. And um, he is complicated, but um, I think it all becomes very clear, but it's very, it's very difficult, as you said, to, uh, to give much else away without, uh, without watching the film. So, um, Lyndon, I don't know how uh, have you done much shooting so far other than the... Uh... So far, yeah. I've had uh, two... And uh, Dan, I know you've had a fair bit more than that. So what would you say, respectively, has been your most uh, challenging part of the production that you've been working on so far? It's okay. I'd, I'd say it was uh, our trip down to Worthing last weekend because it was like a monsoon. <laughs> we had to shoot on the beach, uh, completely drenched. Um, my umbrella managed to uh, fly away in the wind mid-shoot. And there's going to be a hilarious outtake with me uh, running across the beach, ruining a shot, chasing after an umbrella. Um, but... <laughs> It was a challenge and I'm glad we, we didn't back down and just went on, got on with it anyway, as you have to. I mean, Dan, I know you've said that a lot of the challenge has been the writing and uh, having to survive it during lockdown, but now we've actually reached the shooting stage. Have you encountered any onset issues or has it been relatively I To be honest, I'm really enjoying this part of it now because I... Um... I can see it coming together. And as I said, the cast are amazing. Um, you know, Johnny is, is being brought to light perfectly by Lyndon. Um, and, and I think everyone is, is really bringing those characters to life. And, and that gives me huge excitement watching that come together. Um, I think the challenge is, I think, is more around my expectation versus reality. So I have, again, in my head, what I think the scene should look like. And the venues that we've got are very, very good. And we're very lucky to have them. But all of a sudden, you find yourself trying to shoot in, in that, and you sort of think, well, actually, I wish the set looked a bit more like this or a bit more. And in theatre, of course, you can create exactly what you want perfectly. But in camera, you have to live with, with certain imperfections or certain camera angles, which perhaps you wouldn't want to have, but you have to have because that is the set you're, you have. Uh, and we don't have the, a big budget to go and hire anything we want. So um, I think that's probably... Yeah, you know, things like when you're in Worthing, you couldn't get any chips, and that sort of for me was a frustration. So we had to you had to make do with something else, which apparently worked really, really well. But it's just little things like you kind of go, ah, oh, it's not. And I, I think it's more my expectation and my inexperience on a film set where you do have to improvise sometimes compared to what I think it should be. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So the, the subtitle for the making of documentary is. 13th day of Christmas, the search for more chips. The search, the search for chips in Worthing. <laughs> um, I didn't go, actually, but I wish I wish I had now. I know um, Lyndon was chasing after an umbrella down the street. I, I wish I'd have seen that now. Right. So next up, I've been asking people if they want to send me some questions. Some of them are a bit bizarre. Some of them uh, make a fair bit of sense. Okay. But, I mean, this first one, for example, this one is fairly normal. If you had to sum up your experience with Jacobite Productions in five words, what would they be? Well, I would sum up my experience as 
creative, fun, productive, adventurous, and a good sense of collaboration. That's a bit more than five words, Lyndon, but I'll go with that. <laughs> that can be hyphenated. Um, I would say uh, fantastic experience, um, bad at timekeeping. <laughs> yeah. That's because I, I work with Matthew mostly, but uh, everyone else seems to be quite well. But uh, we, seem, we seem to always uh, run over or start late which is uh it's fun because i enjoy spending time with the guys but uh you sort of think you you'll be cracking on at 12 and you're still there at two o'clock talking about the set which is again the right thing to do because it needs to be perfect in future we'll need a, to hire an it department as well just to sort out all the zoom and facetime uh glitches that we've been encountering yeah. yes yes like t tonight for example <laughs> <laughs> um okay so okay dan this one's for you so if you could choose between acting or directing, which one you, would you choose? Um, I, I mean, overall acting. You know, my, my long-term goal is to be in front of that camera and uh, make people uh, smile or cry or cringe or, or whatever it might be. Um, but for my next one, I, I think I, uh, I think you have to do it all to really understand exactly what you want to do because I haven't directed a film so i don't know if i imagine it's very stressful but very rewarding but actually i think um i think i need to do both to really make up my mind so the next one absolutely directing but i think in my heart of heart i still love being the center of attention in front of a camera it's you overall you either su uh, surrender a bit of what you want to do or you surrender the experience of actually being on screen or on stage don't so you can't have it both ways i guess no, no, and I think um, I think I, I'm definitely the sort of person that needs to be brought back down to earth every now and then. Um, so uh, I think I need that. Okay, Lyndon, now this one's curious. Um, as someone who has a baby face, what is your opinion of adults playing teenagers and young characters? Do you think this should happen, or do you think it should be left to the people who are actually that age? I think it should be left to the people who are that age because. It, it's 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 you're never going to be down with the kids with whatever their latest fad or fashion is so it's always going to come across as um try hard and yeah i'm yeah it's not my thing i'm going to stick to also i think there's so much talent at that age pool as well which is just untapped i think you will never realize that unless you go out there and get people that age I mean, I, th I think our production, we're good in that we do have a, ba a big balance of ages. You've got mm. people who are like uh, over their mid-50s, I'd like to say. And Matthew. Then... <laughs> 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 and then you've got, uh, well, you've got like the two girls who are going to be in this film who are really quite young. Um, yeah. I mean, do just for you listeners out there, Lyndon is playing the youngest police officer who's supposed to be uh late 20s would we say mid to late 20s then uh yeah i think we said mid 20s i think he he uh he is yeah and um lyndon himself is well i'm 34 i'll be 35 in november whereas i'm playing a character that was originally played by a man who again <laughs> is in his early 50s and i'm i'm nearly 30 so yeah there's a bit there's a bit of a balance here i think we're having to either age him down or I'm having to put um, some aging makeup on. 
So, oh, this one's interesting. Uh, which member of the company would you select to play the next James Bond? I'm going to say That's you, Dave. <laughs> I think you've got the refined, gentlemanly um, persona. I, I think you could pull that off, yeah. Get you in a, a smart tuxedo and uh, DB5 and a Walther PP9 and... Yeah, I think you could do that. I, I, I already dress like that with um, most of the time anyway. That's that's my <laughs> smart casual. Um, um, I'm not allowed to choose myself, am I? I, I think I'll go... Uh, there's a chap called Dom, uh, Dominic, who's a boxer, uh, who uh, looks very smart in a tuxedo. Uh, he plays a bouncer in 13th day. I think he'd make a very good, a very good James Bond. Uh, you did say that you're not allowed to pick yourself, but I do believe someone suggested you in the past, Dan, so... Oh, okay. I'll take that then. Because I think then that, Lyndon, have you seen the more recent Bond films? Well, I'm not all of them, actually. Uh, I, I'm more of a, a traditionalist, so I, I, I prefer the Roger Moore, Sean Connery, uh, James Bonds, if I'm honest. Uh, it's, it's just, Q now is quite youngish but sarcastic in that, and I could imagine you being the, the younger Q. Oh, it'd be a great Q, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's something to... Yeah. Uh, put in the pipeline, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, someone will have to write a, a James Bond-style script next time. Um, again, back to a nor more normal question now. What's been your hardest role to play, um, each of you, and why particularly, do you think? Oh, well, for me, that was definitely Bob Cratchit for the Christmas Carol production. I loved doing it, but we only had a week to prepare, learn the script, get a costume together, and we turned up to the venue with pretty much no rehearsal experience and there was no rehearsal yeah blocking we had we had to just sort of but it, it all came together and th that's that's the thing that warms my heart it's very life-affirming when a group of people are able to take the challenge and just model through it and help each other and then pull it off and that that's that's the thing that that warms my heart but we did i must admit the first um rendition we did i did make an, a slight error and didn't uh, bring the crowd to the correct part of the courtyard and um i rendered my line slightly too early and uh i think i fell foul of some of the new COVID restrictions and uh, I did upset one family. But other than that, I think everybody else was um, really in need of some Christmas cheer and fun for their, for their children and themselves because we were in the midst of the third lockdown, I think, and everyone was pretty um, worn down at that point. So yeah, just to see the, the smiles on the children's faces was was ever, was was brilliant. But it, it was it was it was tricky, hard work. We even had uh, Tiny Tim, uh, the actor, drop out the, the day before. So we really pulled it out of the bag, and I'm, I'm happy with what we did. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I well, I think Lynn is right. We absolutely pulled that out of the bag. It was a very good production in the end. I'd have to say my character of Mice and Men, because uh, not only was it all in American sort of uh, horrible twang accent um it was reading john steinbeck's version of of the english language which was tough to get scripts with um but i also had to portray a dog hating dog shooting unkind sort of guy and i actually made one girl in the audience cry oh. because she thought and she actually walked out of the of the, uh, of the auditorium and left 
um because she thought i killed the dog um as and, and now that was hard I, I don't mind being a villain it's absolutely fine but when it comes to killing animals i'm not not part of that at all um so uh i think that was probably for me personally that the uh the hardest overall character to get my head around yeah it's good in the way that if people react like that you know you've done your job well yes yeah i mean making a 12 year old girl cry and leave doesn't make you feel you with any joy whatsoever as Lyndon <laughs> said but uh but yes hopefully it stirred the right emotions with people you just have to then find them afterwards and say no 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 i, I i'm i'm not buy them a puppy or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right, this last one, I have no idea what this person was thinking. Right, it says here, if you went in a zombie apocalypse, would you rather have in your kit bag a swan pedalo or a bicycle? Oh, that's easy. A swan pedalo because uh, I could just pedal out into the middle of a lake and I don't think zombies can generally swim. Um and I think I could just chill there. And as, as long as I had a few supplies with me, I could just enjoy my supplies and wait until it all gets a bit better. Uh, I think it depends on what zombies they are, because in, in The Walking Dead, for example, they're all quite slow um, and methodical. So you had a bike, you could get around them quite easy and get your supplies and live quite happily. Um, but if it's like the Black Summer ones or, or, or the really fast ones, then uh, I'm with Lyndon. I'll get out in the water and just relax until it all blows over. I actually think that outrunning zombies on bicycles just sounds like a very British thing to do somehow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you make sure you wear your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's all the questions I've got. Guys, it's been great having you both on. I've It certainly sounds almost like you've both been on this kind of thing before. So... Yeah, and I look forward to seeing you both uh, next time we do a, a bit of shooting. No, the following next weekend. weekend. Yeah. Fifth and sixth. Mm. Yeah. Marathon um, Police Day. So, yeah, that's been uh, Jack Bites with me, David Stevens. And me, me Lyndon. Uh, me, Dan. Right. Good night, all. And we'll see you next episode. Good night. Good Thanks, David. He's got the interviews. It's good to know the best you like. It's David Stevens and Jack Bites.